Hi, I'm Leah Lane, an award-winning travel writer and author of Places I Remember, Tales, Truths, Delights from 100 Countries. On this podcast, we share conversations with travelers about fascinating destinations and memorable experiences around the world. My first trip to Dubai in the Arabian Desert near the Persian Gulf was a stopover on a flight to India in 1984. Looking down from the plane, I saw a small town and a whole lot of sand. In 2014, when I returned, I was blown away. Dubai was a shimmering, soaring metropolis, rising from the sands like a set from a futuristic movie. The earliest written record of Dubai is in the 10th century AD. And around 1580, the state jeweler of Venice documented the pearl diving industry there. In the early 18th century, Dubai was a fishing village. And by 1822, a town of about 800 members of a sheikh's tribe from nearby Abu Dhabi. With its business-savvy ruling family reducing taxes and welcoming foreign merchants, Dubai expanded further in the early 20th century and soon became a re-exporting hub for Persia and India. The UAE, the United Arab Emirates, was created in 1970 following the independence from Great Britain. Dubai is now the capital city of the Emirate of Dubai and one of the wealthiest of the Emirates. It's now a city of around 3 million and it's been compared to Singapore, Hong Kong, Las Vegas, with soaring skyscrapers, ports, desert beaches, a place of big business and tourism. Because of its large expatriate population, Dubai feels like a Middle Eastern melting pot, and the atmosphere is generally tolerant. Our guest today is one of those expats, Garrett Isaac. He's a published author, a prize-winning amateur photographer, and an avid traveler. He's lived and worked in the Middle East for 14 years. Welcome, Garrett. How would you describe living as an expat in Dubai? First of all, Leah, thank you for having me on the uh, the podcast. Um, I'm a, a fan. The first word that comes to mind is, is safe. I just feel incredibly uh, safe here. For example, my mom came to visit a few years back and we were walking back from a restaurant 1130 at night. So it's it's nice and dark. And there there were women out jogging with headphones on. And my mom's like, you wouldn't see that back home. And I'm like, well, they they're com- they know they're 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 protected here. So I do feel feel safe and um and, and blessed. I'm going to be honest. I feel blessed to have had the chance to have lived and uh, work here. Um, yeah. So that's a good, that's good great. intro. <laughs> Is it an expensive city to live in? My wife and I, um, we drive a Mazda. There are times where you stop at a traffic light and you're sandwiched between a Lamborghini and uh, an Aston Martin. So, uh, so it can be quite easy <laughs> to um, get pangs of jealousy, but you can live within your means. And, and thankfully, um, a, apart from, me having a golf and photography addiction and my wife um, photography and shoes. Um, we do quite well. <laughs> <laughs> well, what about the heat? Okay. Well, yeah, we're in the middle of summer right now. I can do a quick Google to find out what it is in Fahrenheit, but we're, we normally, we, we can hit mid forties to 50 degrees Celsius in the summer and then um, it can get quite humid because we're surrounded by water. So with the humidity, it can feel like 65 degrees sometimes. So uh, you go from wow, air conditioned building. Celsius. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's Celsius. So so what's what 60 degrees Celsius? 130? It's hot. Maybe. Yes, it's hot. It's hot. It's, hot. it's not quite it's not quite that hot fit. physically. It'll get up to mid 40s in Celsius. But with the humidity, uh, summer's not so fun. 
So you. But the you, good news is there's lots and lots of air conditioning. Oh yeah, yeah. You go from air conditioning. Um, we have underground parking, which helps as well, and then air conditioned office at work. Yeah. Dubai, I know, is on a barren coastal plain. It, it has rolling dunes, and mm-hmm. it has a coastline and a sand desert, a world's largest sand desert, and it has a rugged mountain range which it shares with Oman, which frames the outskirts of the city. So, what outdoor activities do you enjoy there? In uh, the summer, very few, but in the winter. Winter months, Dubai, as you said, it does share towards the northern border. You'll get into uh, the smaller emirates of Ras Al Khaimah and Fujairah. They're about an hour and a half away, but you've got uh, there's great diving there, there's snorkeling, Jebel Jay's mountain range. As you mentioned, they've just opened up a Bear Grylls um, adventure camp there. There's the world's longest zip line. Myself, as a photographer, there are some um, man-made lakes out in the, the deserts just on the outskirts of Dubai. So tw- 25 minutes from the Burj Khalifa, you've got a se- series of man-made lakes that attract. They've recorded over 400 species of, uh, of birds that come through the region. And, uh, and yes, so you can walk around the lakes. There's mangroves. There's, there's a wetland right inside downtown Dubai, like right next to the Burj Khalifa, which again is, is quite popular and beautiful. So you can get a sense of the outdoors here as well. It's not just, it's not just the skyscrapers. I think there's when you think about of- Dubai, you, you think about these skyscrapers and the over-the-top opulence. Let's talk a little bit about that. There are a whole bunch of super deluxe hotels. The most famous is still the Burj Al Arab. I actually got to stay there. I was doing a story for an upscale magazine and they invited me to stay. And it was quite an experience. They picked me up at the airport in a white Rolls Royce. I suppose I could have been helicoptered over because they have a helipad, but they took me in the Rolls Royce and they they asked me uh, what music I wanted. I could choose anything. I chose Middle Eastern music and they drove about half an hour to the hotel. And then I was greeted by my butler and I had a standard room, but it was two stories. It was bigger than my apartment in Miami. I mean, it was a standard, but I think it must have been over 2000 square feet. There were two floors. There was a living room. There was a small kitchen. There was a beautiful staircase that looked like I was in Tara, uh, gone with the wind. It was so, so gorgeous. And then there was this huge bedroom and huge bathroom. And it was just incredible. And I remember I couldn't even let anyone in the door because the security was so, so strong. My husband wanted to get in, but I had to get a call on the phone and then I had to look on the TV to see if he was the right person. It was quite something. But I I do recommend you could go in there and just look around. I think you have to pay a little fee. I'm not sure if it's... I've been once with work. I won uh, a contest we had at Christmas and uh, the winners got, uh, we got to go to the Burj Al Arab for hot chocolate sprinkled with, with gold dust. Of course, <laughs> and um, some somehow they they let us some um, have a, a look of the room where you you may have stayed because it was their basic room. But again, right, yeah, just two, a basic two, room with a butler. Bottom level was the living room. Of course, expansive views of the Gulf. 
It's over the top. And then there are many other over the top places like that. And that's what Dubai is known for. But there must be some less expensive places to stay, I assume. Of course there are. I mean, you'll get your standard big name hotel chains. You've got Ritz Carlton. We've got the Conrad downtown, which is a Hilton hotel. We've got all sorts of one and only Mirage hotels. Anantara, which is an Asian chain, but they're they're known to be quite nice. Are there B&Bs? There used to be a um, couch surfing mo- movement here, which uh, which I guess predated uh, Airbnb. Um, but no, you 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 can find like Ramada hotels and uh, the Ibis and stuff for good to know. For, like, Premier Inns for fifty dollars. Yeah, I think that's a good good idea. You can always go in the lobbies of some of these hotels and and look around and get the feel for it, and you don't have well, to exactly. stay there. Exactly. I mean, even um, around the Dubai Mall, you'll have the Address Hotel, which is quite lovely. Um, not to the seven star extent that you'll get of the Burj Al Arab, but but when they say five star here, they mean it. And and yeah, I mean seven star, uh, right? They're very proud yeah, of that. Exactly. Speaking of I mean, the Dubai Mall. This is one of the largest shopping centers in the world. There's more than 1,300 stores. There's an ice rink, a movie theater. Is that where the skiing is, the indoor skiing? Uh, uh, No, the indoor ski hill is at a place called Mall of the Emirates. So it's a smaller mall. It it was actually my favorite one in in Dubai because you could walk around it quite comfortably. The Dubai Mall just got really, really large. But yeah, the mall... Mall of the Emirates has the indoor ski hill and they've got penguins there as well. I heard it has penguins. It has five ski runs and a snowboard zone and a chairlift. I mean, you can just do about anything in Dubai. Quad quad chair. chair. Unbelievable. (laughs) (laughs) If you want to go to the beach, the best one I hear is Jumeirah Public Beach near the Burj Al Arab. That's a nice Uh, beach. Um, I like Kite Beach is quite nice as well which isn't too far away because uh, uh, you get a lot of kite surfers and stuff out there. It's just a very active, again, p- public beach. A lot of the hotels on the bre- beachfront will have private beaches as well. So so if you're staying there, you can uh, feel a little bit more pampered, I guess, right. <laughs> which is, which is, I mean, a lot of people come to Dubai to, to feel pampered. One, One of, of those- the Locations. Symbols of uh, of the of the city is the Burj Khalifa, of course, the tallest yep. building in the world, uh, two thousand seven hundred twenty two feet, one hundred and sixty stories, and home to the highest outdoor observation deck. I I've been there. You ride the elevator up to the one hundred and twenty fourth floor, but a lot of people don't know you can go higher to the one hundred and forty eighth floor. You have to reserve that, yep. and it's worth it, I think, if you're going to go all the way there, and especially mm-hmm. around sunset, so you can see the day turn into night have you done that a lot that's uh whenever i have to take uh, visitors i always book at sunset just because i i also find that dubai is such a beautiful city at night because of all the skyscrapers and like once the sun goes down and the darkness comes and they all light up it's just an app it's absolutely beautiful so it is it's spectacular now there's an old quarter The Bastaika, is that pronounced correctly? The Bastaika quarter, I think it would be. And that's where... K-I-Y-A. That's where the city started, the historic district where the fishing village began. And it's called that name because it traded with Bastaks, Iranian traders that settled there in the 19th century. It's a charming little neighborhood. It has a a very popular outdoor cafe called the Arabian Tea House. It has art galleries, the Dubai Museum. 
Mm-hmm. And something called wind towers is an early form of air conditioning. Can you explain what a wind tower, how that was air conditioning in the old days? Oh, wow. You're, you're stumping me here. Come on, wind towers? Yeah, they're, they're an early form of air conditioning. I think, I think that area is a very nice contrast because you could take a boat ride across Dubai Creek and go to the souks. There's a gold souk that has approximately 20% of the world's gold passing through the market. And it has about 300 retail. And you can kind of count on it because it's very heavily governed. The government controls it and you can count on what you get. And on the other side of the creek, you have the spice souk where you have all the wonderful pungent spices like cinnamon and ginger and chili and saffron. I take... Mm people when i a couple of times i've taken people there it feels like the old middle east not not this 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 futuristic city right next to it yeah it's very nice it was one of my favorite places to go during the winter days as well it's just nice to walk, walk around there and as you said they're on the opposite side of the creek you can take an abra across the creek the old wooden boats and they're um, yeah. about it costs about 50 cents american to uh, to get on the abra across the creek and you've got got the spice souk and there's the perfume souks as well souk is uh, is market and plus it's a good good place to try your haggling skills Absolutely. And if you want to go out a little further to the edge of the city, to the conservation reserve, is about 87 square miles of the desert, which which is normally a research unit, but you can do sandboarding, archery, dune bashing in a a luxury four-wheeler. I did that. It's kind of fun. And then at night, we sat on cushions and we had a dinner out in the sands and we had henna tattoos and dancing. And it was just beautiful. Have you have you done that? I've done that. I've done that. Um, again, it's one of the things that take out uh, friends who vi- visit the city. And there there are plenty of companies that offer packages and tours out there. You can also just go out to the conservation reserve and hear about the wonderful work they've done bringing back the Arabian oryx from near extinction and and stuff like that. Again, I've, I've, uh, it's a wonderful place to go out and take fo- photographs as well. There's just something about watching a sunset or a sunrise over the dunes that uh, just uh, you forget that there's a city of three million people twenty minutes away. Uh, I know it's, it's just, incredible that, that part. Amazing. I know when you when when you do that, you really marvel at it. Yeah. There's some other thing that's marvelous. It's called the Palm Islands. These are man-made artificial islands. They were created and. 2001, it only took four years to build them, and each of them used over 53 million pounds of sand and 12 million pounds of rock, and they are created to look like a palm tree. If yeah. from above, when you fly over, when you're a high building, you see a palm yeah. tree, and, and there's another cluster called the World Islands, which is positioned to resemble a world map. So, yeah. you know, one of those things that, that see it, but you just think, how can this be? It's just yeah. only a few yeah. years since it's been a... A tiny well, town, and now you have artificial islands and gorgeous yeah. hotels out there. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's where a lot of the uh, the opulence is. Uh, the Palm is just is just great. Again, during the winter months, um, you'll see hundreds of families just walking around the the pathways of uh, the Palm. You've got, of course, um, the blockbuster hotel is the Atlantis. That's the one that most people will have seen a, a photo of right out on the end of the palm tree. But restaurants as well. It's just it's it's just a great 
Great, great spas. I, I went yeah. and had a, a Turkish hammam. I, I remember it was the most luxurious uh, <laughs> experience I've ever had in a spa. Again, I was doing a story for an upscale magazine. I was very lucky that day. Very <laughs> lucky. <laughs> you've done more upscale things in Dubai than uh, than I have. I'm not going to lie. Well, but, uh, I'm very no, grateful. I, mean, <laughs> yeah, I couldn't well, have done it. Yeah, but there's there. I remember that there's a new fountain, a palm fountain. I don't know if you've seen that one. It it's the first multicolored fountain in the city, and it uses a fourteen thousand square feet of seawater to light up these these staggering heights of of water. There's three thousand lights. It's in the Guinness Book of World Records. I've not seen that one in person yet. I have it's seen the new. Dubai fountain many times, but I've not seen the palm one in person yet. So yeah, the Dubai um, fountain is famous by it's by the Burj Khalifa. And it, it's uh, set to music very much like the Bellagio in, in Las Vegas. Yeah. Everybody yeah. gets to see that. Yeah. There's an increasing art and culture scene in Dubai. And, um, and one of the unique art installations is a new one. It's the Theater of Digital Art. And uh, a lot of cities are having these digital displays of Monet and Van Gogh and so forth. But this one's a permanent virtual reality. It has music and, and, and virtual display. So that's a, a good new thing. If you've been to Dubai before, this is, this is a new feature. If you want to get out of Dubai, and I, I'm not sure why, but you can take some wonderful day trips out of Dubai. And the most famous one is to Abu Dhabi, which is, what, about 40 minutes, 45 minutes on the highway. Yeah, <laughs> I've mentioned the fabulous Sheikh Zayed Grand Mosque, which I, I talked about it in episode 25 and how I came back to see it. But there's also a great camel market and there's a Falcon Hospital and there's a branch of the Louvre Museum. So if you want to take a day or two or three, you're very close to Abu Dhabi. If you get it, you oh. fly into Dubai and you can go to both. I think just a visit to the Grand Mosque. It is just a truly remarkable building. It, it's just, um, I mean, a feat of architecture. I mean, uh, this region in general, I mean, is an, an architect's dream, really. I mean, just uh, just the, the shapes and the sizes of the buildings and the curves and whatnot. It, going back to the, uh, the arts and cultures, Dubai is opening up the uh, Museum of the Future. It's set to open later this year. And from the outside, the building just looks absolutely amazing. It's right on Sheikh Zayed Road, which is the main highway that bisects the city. It's five lanes each side. And yeah, it just looks amazing. Of course, um, Dubai's got Expo 2020 this year. It's still being called 2020, just like <laughs> Tokyo Olympics were uh, in 2020. And that kicks off right away. So that'll be uh, more art and culture and uh, just a vision of Technology. Yes, I think it's very interesting because Dubai started off with these attractions, these superlatives and activities, but it is now coming into a, a, a time of culture where yeah. uh, both Abu Dhabi and Dubai are having some of the great museums of the world now. And it's a, it's a lovely thing to add that to the mix. Yeah. Oh, Let's definitely. talk about food. There's great <laughs> regional food, but there are also great restaurants. There's star chefs all over the place. I mean, incredible. And many in, in extraordinary settings. One of the most interesting is called Dinner in the Sky, where <laughs> you, you can dine on a suspended table that's yeah. about 50 meters high in the air. A crane kind of holds this thing. 
and you indulge in this delicious food while you're looking over (laughs) the entire area. I did not do this. Have you done this one? We actually had planned to do it, but then uh, for some reason it fell through. But yeah, you're basically in this, um, I'm going to say glass cube. It's not glass. It's it's thicker than glass, but it's see-through floor as well. And you're suspended up and um, it's a preset meal. Of course, you can't pick off a menu and have it flown up to you although i bet you that day is coming with drones and whatnot but 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 yeah oh, yes suspended up there and you've got a three-course meal and i'm assuming 360 degree views but no i've not done it yet well i so can imagine more... why you might not want to do it <laughs> so it's, it's I, a little, I, it's, it's i'm a little okay bit. with heights i'm not bad with heights which is good because most people who come here say you got to take up first khalifa and and eat even on the 124th floor you're still um a fairly good way up. <laughs> oh, yes. When you, you look down, you realize how high it is. The name of the podcast is Places I Remember. So, Gerard, could you please share with us a special memory of yours about Dubai? The easiest and obvious one was uh, was um, getting married in, in Dubai. I mean, that's always going to trump all of the uh the random encounters with famous people that 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 just happened but uh yeah i know um i was for fortunate enough that um i married the lovely sarah in a little uh church in, in dubai that despite it being the uae being a muslim country they are very uh, respectful of of other faiths and uh, we got a little church wedding during um lockdown time so we we were in masks our two guests were in masks witnesses the, the minister was in masks and we had it on facebook live so our friends and family around the world could could watch it so that's always going to be no matter what happens that's that's going to be my takeaway very I'm, romantic I, and that's my takeaway. no no there's nothing I mean, more lovely than that that is the most superlative thing of all yeah so i'm I mean, very I happy mean, um, you shared that thank you i mean i did live in uh, the dubai marina and so every Friday morning, I would go to the same grocery store. And uh, every Friday morning, I would see the same retired English cricket star buying groceries. And it'd be just like morning, morning. Before I got married, that may have been the big things like, yeah. He knew me by my first name, but yeah, <laughs> but uh, but no, this is this is uh, yeah. Well, I've noticed a lot of the memories that people share are special memories like that—a yeah. small memory to some, but a big memory to the person. Yeah. And those are the things you 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 carry with you the rest of your life, of course. Absolutely. So thank you for sharing that one. I do hope that Dubai keeps coming up with superlative things to see and do. We can all use a bit of magic in our lives as we travel the world. So thank you, Garrett. I said for helping us better understand what makes Dubai such an extraordinary destination. Thank you once again, Leah, for uh, for inviting me on, and it's been my absolute pleasure. Thanks for listening to our award-winning podcast. We've recorded over 100 episodes of Places I Remember, so follow us on any podcast app. And new monthly episodes are also on YouTube with gorgeous video. My book, Places I Remember, is available in print and Kindle, and I read the audio version. Follow my travel writing at Forbes.com. Contact me at the links in the show notes or on my website, PlacesIRememberLealane.com, and keep making your own travel memories. <laughs>